Good evening and welcome. Today is Monday Thursday, Holy Thursday. We welcome all of you. Welcome all of you online watching with us this evening. Uh, today is the beginning of maybe the most intense three days in, in the church, in the history of the church, as we celebrate Monday, Thursday, Holy Thursday, uh, the Jesus and his guys are in the upper room, and we get uh, today, and we get that again tomorrow on Good Friday, they begin in the upper room, and of course, tomorrow on Good Friday, Jesus also gets arrested, and uh, taken and put on a cross. And we have a day of maybe reprieve, and we come back Sunday, and and uh, celebrate not only the, the, the death of Christ, but the resurrection of Christ. At the end of our service tonight, what we do is we'll be reading together responsibly Psalm 22. Some of the words of Psalm 22 you will recognize, the words that Jesus says from the cross. And, uh, and during that, uh, the elders will be stripping the altar and the, the lectern and the pulpit bear down to its bare wood. Um, as we prepare for, for tomorrow. Uh, we'll ask that tonight also, you, you, uh, when we do end tonight, is to, to maybe leave a little bit quieter, normally, quieter, quieter than normally, as you ponder what we talk about, read about, sing about, pray about today, in preparation uh, for tomorrow. And tomorrow, um, Good Friday, our church will be open um, between uh, 9 and 12, if anybody wants to come in the sanctuary and spend some time, you're more than welcome to come in. And then we have our, our tenebrae, our, our service of darkness at 7. And we invite you to come back with that. Would you please rise? Our theme today is in view of God's mercy, mercy in bread and wine. And Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 26, he says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and, and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. He who has no money, Come, buy and eat without price. Listen diligently to me, says the Lord. Eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live. I will make with you an everlasting covenant. This is my body, which is for you. This cup is a new covenant in my blood. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We sing hymn 623, Lord Jesus Christ, we humbly pray.
the night in which he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and wine and gave it to his disciples as the meal of the new covenant. Tonight, as we prepare to receive the bread and wine of the Lord's Supper, we confess that we have betrayed our Lord by our sinful thoughts, words, and deeds. We repent of that sin and we seek God's mercy to forgive our iniquity. Most merciful God. We cry to you for mercy. Lord, have mercy. Hear the good news. God's word declares the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. In the mercy of Almighty God, His Son Jesus was given to die for you. For Christ's sake, God forgives you all your sins and gives you His righteousness, making you holy in His sight. His mercy endures forever because His love for you is steadfast. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, in the upper room, you left us a memorial of your passion and a wonderful meal of forgiveness and life. Grant that we may share in this sacred supper of your body and blood so that your redeeming work may continue to abide in us. In view of your mercy, form us by your Spirit to remember him who comes to us in bread and wine. We pray these things in the holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. Will children come up for children's message? If we have any that want to come up. Hi, Harris. How are you today? Good? All right. So, oftentimes, all of us, on special occasions, maybe Thanksgiving, Christmas, birthdays, anniversary, we sit down and we have a meal. And often it's a big meal, a special meal. You know, Thanksgiving in our house, often we have turkey and dressing and potatoes and a whole bunch of other food. Do you guys have any special food at your house? Some big celebrations that you all have? What might that be? Can you think of any? You don't remember? Okay, that is okay. So, but tonight, we don't look at a Thanksgiving dinner or a Christmas dinner or even an Easter dinner where lots of people have ham on Easter, right? We look at a special meal that Jesus created. And one day, you'll, you'll be able to share this meal with all of us. And um, we, we call it the Lord's Supper or Holy Communion. And it's where, where Jesus comes to us in, in, in bread and in wine. And, and through that, 
He, he strengthens us in, in, in our faith. He heals us if we need healing, you know, if, he, if he chooses to do that. And, and for, for most of us, it's a really important time when we come up and we see the body and the blood and the bread and the wine and, and, and know that that's another way that God comes into our hearts and he takes care of us. And uh, so one thing we do a lot here is we sing, don't we? I'd be ready to sing a, a really nice hymn. And uh, you want to sing the song with me? No? Ah, okay. That is actually okay. Um, should I ask them to sing one? Or should we just sing, sing and wait till later? Wait, wait, wait. You want to sing one then? No. Okay, we'll sing one later. How's that? Okay. Nope. <laughs> okay, I tried. So, what we were, we were going to sing, Jesus Loves Me. It's a pretty easy one. But I think we'll pass on that. We're going to have a prayer, and then we'll continue with our reading. Want to pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us your Son, who in turn gives us his body, his blood, through bread and wine, to strengthen our faith, to empower us to go out, to share his healing word, with others. In Jesus' name, amen. The Old Testament for this day is taken from the book of Exodus, chapter 16, verses 4 and 5. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they daily gather. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle reading for today is taken from the epistle of 1 Corinthians, 11th chapter, verses 23 and 20 through 26. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he, after he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This is the word of the Lord. You please rise for the reading of the gospel. 
The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 26th chapter. Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. We sing hymn 637, Draw Near and Take the Body of the Lord. Grace, peace, and mercy from God our Father, and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our sermon text this this evening comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26, which we read a few moments ago. For three years, Jesus had communed with his disciples. He traveled with them, and he taught them, he ministered among them, and he lived with them. But perhaps the time closest fellowship was when Jesus and his disciples ate an evening meal together. After a long day of ministering, they would relax, they would talk, they would share experience, laugh over food and drink. And these meals were times in which they experienced 
meaningful community with the Lord and with each other. For us as well, many times our closest communion with each other is when we share food together. The regular evening dinner with our families, uh, it may be a high point in your day. It may be the only time on a daily occasion that a whole family, mom, dad, kids, are actually together to eat and to share in the happenings of that day. Or maybe the meal may be a special event which marks our relationships, birthdays, holidays, weddings, anniversaries, funerals. And in each of these events, we gather around food to enrich our relationships with each other and to share our love for each other. Jesus delighted to eat and to drink with people. Doing so expressed his mission to live in fellowship with others. Now, it was the Thursday night of Passion Week, and Jesus knows that he will die the very next day. And this is why some people refer to this meal as the Last Supper. But in fact, Christ makes it very clear that this is not his last meal with them. He does something to assure them that his communion with them would continue into all eternity. For 20 centuries since, we have referred to this meal as Holy Communion. But in a way, is it communion? I mean, the word communion means literally to be united together. Communion occurs when two or more distinct entities are united together as one. At the first level of the Lord's Supper is communion because it is the uniting together of physical and spiritual elements. Christ's body is united with the bread. And the blood is united with the wine. Jesus instituted this supper, this supernatural communion, if you will, on Monday, Thursday. Matthew records what happens in our text. He says, Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. For this is my blood, the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Matthew 26, verses 26 to 28. And notice what happens here. Jesus took bread and said, This is my body. He took a cup filled with wine and said, This is my blood. He identifies the bread of this sacred meal with his body and the wine with his blood. There is a communion of these elements, bread with body, wine with blood. Paul affirms that reality when he writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16, he says, The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? So how, how can this, this communion of bread and body and wine and blood happen? How can it occur? It is a mystery to our human minds. We cannot explain it. There's no way scientifically I can tell you how the bread and the, and the body or the wine and the blood are united. We simply trust what Jesus says and what Jesus promises. We believe that the consecrated bread and the wine of the Lord's Supper communicates the Lord's body 
and the Lord's blood to each and every one of us. Jesus says, this is my body. This is my blood. And we simply say, amen. It is a communion of bread with Christ's body and wine with Christ's blood. The second level of communion in the Lord's Supper is, however, maybe what is most important. It is the communion between Jesus and us. For in instituting this sacred meal, Jesus not only said, this is my body, this is my blood, but he also says to you and me, take, eat, and drink of it. All of you. Jesus gave the bread to his disciples and directed them to eat it. He also gave them the cup and he told them to drink the wine. And since there is a communion between the bread and Christ's body and the, bl- the wine and the blood of Christ, when we eat and when we drink these, we receive Christ himself. He is really present in the food. And so when we receive it, he is really present in you. When I receive it, he is really present in me. There is no closer communion than that. And in an extraordinary way, Jesus comes to you and to me in the consecrated bread and wine to be present in us. And since he is holy, his holy presence indwells in you and me. And that is why it's called Holy Communion. And his holy presence within us makes us holy before God. This is why Jesus says in Matthew 26, verse 28, he says, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. It is for the forgiveness of sins that Jesus gives us this holy meal. This is why the Lord's Supper is not for sinless people, but it is for sinners like you and me. Today you come here tonight to worship service, and all of you are infected with sin. How does that make you feel? you believe me? I'm also infected with sin. We are burdened by guilt. But the Lord now offers you and me deliverance from sin and guilt through his sacred supper. His body and his blood are given to each and every one of us, and he, he, it is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Of course, to receive forgiveness, you must also acknowledge that you are a sinner. We don't receive the benefits of the Lord's Supper unless we recognize our need for it. And so in preparations for the Supper, we repent of our sinfulness and we confess our sins as we did not too long ago tonight. And as the bread is broken and the cup is poured, Christ's body and blood serve as agents of mercy to you and to me who are broken by sin and thirsting for righteousness. In the words of our text from Matthew 26, Jesus offers his body and his blood of the new covenant to those who will receive it in repentant faith. As you and I partake of this meal, we commune with the holy God who in turn imparts to us his righteousness, his holiness, 
And in receiving his righteousness, our sins are removed. And you and I are saved from eternal condemnation. We eat Christ's body. We drink his blood in view of God's mercy. Recognizing that in this meal, you and I receive God's mercy. After Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper and distributed the bread and the wine to his disciples, Jesus made his final statement. Matthew 26, verse 29. He says, I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Jesus ate the Passover meal with his disciples and he created a new gift for them that would be ongoing. A feast that would sustain them in time and periods between then and the ascension. And between the ascension and Jesus' return in glory. That is the time which we now live. And during his earthly ministry, Jesus ate regularly with his, his followers and friends. And in these words, he informs his disciples that this form of fellowship was now ended until the Father's kingdom is realized in the eternal eon, whenever that comes. But until that final banquet begins, Jesus provides us with an ongoing feast of fellowship that we now have in the Lord's Supper. Every time you gather around the table of the Lord and you eat his body and you drink his blood, we partake in the new covenant community and we participate in the Holy Communion. This is an ongoing meal and we regularly join. Here we do it every Sunday and every time we gather um, for worship. Paul writes, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. 1 Corinthians 11, 26. The meal that Jesus instituted on Monday, Thursday is not the Last Supper. Instead, it is the beginning of an ongoing feast of fellowship and communion that we share with Christ and with fellow Christians until Jesus comes again. I want to share with you Two stories. The first one is, is a devout Christian woman was hospitalized with cancer. And she was visited by her pastor mostly every day. And the woman asked the pastor one day to bring her Holy Communion. And she said, could you bring it to me at least once a week? She deeply desired to receive the bread and the wine. And she expressed the reasons to her pastor. She said, Pastor, I appreciate the care and the medicine of my doctors and my nurses. But in bringing the Lord's body and blood to me, you bring the best medicine of all. And this makes me well forever. And in saying this, the woman did not expect to recover from her cancer. She knew that she would die from it. But she did expect to be healed of her sin. She trusted that because of the communion with Christ, the Savior, she would be delivered from sin and eternal death. In faith, she recognized the surpassing value of the body and the blood of her Lord. So she treasured Holy Communion. And the second one happened about 20 years ago. I took a group of adults and youth in Texas down to Guasave, Mexico, which is Pretty much even with the bottom of Baja, but on the mainland. 
And we got there, and we were helping to the pastor at that church that had been in an audible accident, and he lost his eyesight. So they were trying to have a parsonage built on the property, a small little property, no, no bigger really than this blank area in front of me, pretty small. So our job was to, to get this process going. And they came up to me, one of the persons came up to me and says, Pastor, you're a pastor, right? Pastor, you're a pastor. Yeah, I'm a pastor. And this is in, in Spanish. We're dialoguing back and forth in Spanish. And they asked me if I would do a Holy, holy Communion service. Absolutely. I said, do you have wine? Do you have the bread? We have it. Perfect. And so we did. And as is uh, typically the custom of, of uh, Hispanic church is the guest commune first. And so all they had was a common cup. There was no individual cups. And so the kids came up, and the adults that came with me, and they took the bread, that's no problem, and they take the wine. And just imagine, if you can, the ugliest face that you could make. Every single one of them. I, what's going on in this, this? And then come the members of the church, the, the Mexican people of the Suave. And they come up, and I give them the bread, okay, no, no problem. And then they take the cup. And every single one of them had tears with smiles on their face. And I'm like, what is going on? Tears, I mean, yucky faces here, tears and smiles just, that are just contagious. And it was my turn to commune after everybody else communed. And I took the bread. And then I tasted the wine. I drank the wine. Probably the worst tasting wine I've ever tasted in my life. I found out afterwards, so you've got to understand this little church is all rock, right? And in Mexico, it's really hot in the summertime. And it had been two years since they had had communion. And the bottle of wine was under the pulpit. For two years in that church. So you can imagine how it tasted. But the point is, for those people, as they received the body and the blood, as they communed with Christ, our Lord, it, did, it was the best tasting wine that they had ever tasted in their life. Because it was Christ that they received. It's what they realized. And thus the tears of joy and the smiles on their face. And, and I've never lost that image for, for me of communion. And, and my prayer is that for every one of us, whenever we receive communion, we have the same reaction. Not that you have to cry or that you have to smile, but you realize that this is the best wine because it's Christ's blood. And he is giving it to me. He gives it to you. It is his mercy that he shares to you and me in the meal. And maybe it should bring tears of joys to us. Amen. Let us rise for prayer. Loving Lord Jesus, we approach your table in grace today as unworthy guests. 
You invite us to eat the bread and to drink the wine of salvation. You invite us to receive your body and blood given and shed for the forgiveness of our sins. You invite us to do this in remembrance of you as we approach the the fruit of your sacrificial death. You invite us to proclaim your death by partaking in this covenant and meal of grace. In view of your mercy, move us by your spirit to recognize your presence and receive in true faith the benefits of this meal. Give us this day your holy bread to forgive us our trespasses and deliver us from evil. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God. And most especially are we bound to praise you on this day for the glorious resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, the very Paschal Lamb, who was sacrificed for us and bore the sins of the world. By his dying, he has destroyed death. And by his rising again, he has restored to us everlasting life. Therefore, with Mary Magdalene, Peter and John, and with all the witnesses of the resurrection, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, We laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you have had mercy on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive salvation accomplished for us by the all-averring sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and to drink his blood as he bids us do in his own testament. Gathers us, us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom which has no end. Preserve us. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night in which he died, he took bread. 
And after having given thanks, he broke it. He gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And after having given thanks, he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, drink. This is the cup of the New Testament of my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. O Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, in giving us your body and blood to eat and to drink, you lead us to remember and confess your holy cross and passion, your blessed death, your rest in the tomb, your resurrection from the dead, your ascension into heaven, and your coming for the final judgment to remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray our Father. Peace of the Lord be with you always. Peace be seated.
He's right. Let us pray. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, you have given us a foretaste of the feast to come and the holy supper of your Son's body and blood. Keep us firm in the true faith throughout our days of pilgrimage that on the day of his coming we may together with all your saints celebrate the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom which has no end. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. At this point, we uh, strip our altar of all of its pyramids, our crosses, and um, my stole and cross. We take it all, all away, and we come bare down to our bare wood. As remember, remembering that uh, Christ Himself had everything taken away from Him, and in His case, He did it for you and for me. Just a quick reminder before we begin stripping, t- tomorrow night we, we gather again at 7 o'clock for a tenor play, a service of darkness, that's the Good Friday. And then Easter morning is at 10 a.m., so it's an hour later than normal, as we come to celebrate the resurrection of Christ. Um, and that will be followed by um, our egg hunt. During the stripping of the altar, we read Psalm 22. And it, Psalm 22 has many connections. Uh, to Holy Week, particularly to Good Friday and Christ's suffering on the cross. Um, As we read it, you will recognize some of those verses as Jesus spoke. And while the psalm is being spoken, the elders will carefully strip the altar um, area of all this decoration. And after the altar is stripped and the psalm is finished, we will sing, O love, how deep, and then we will leave in, in silence. And we read Psalm 22 responsibly. You'll, you'll read the yellow spots on the screen. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will have the light of life and will never walk in darkness. The events of Golgotha snuffed out the human life of Jesus, the light of the world. As even creation was dark when he suffered, so we extinguished our candles and we removed them.
continue with verse 7. All who seek me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. Yet you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breast. Our names are written in the book of life because Jesus was cut off from the land of the living. So to remind us of the great price Jesus paid that we might be numbered with the righteousness, we remove the pyramids from the lectern and the pulpit where the book of life is regularly read and proclaimed. Continue at verse 11. Be not far from me, or trouble is, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. They open wide their mouth at me, like a ravening and roaring lion. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. The missile stand holds our worship books that guide our worship life together as we sing praises to God. As Jesus suffers, joyous songs are not heard. As these sounds of joy are removed from our lips, we remove the missile stand and service book from the altar. We continue at verse 17. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. But you, O Lord, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Joseph of Arimathea, a disciple of Jesus, but a secret one for the fear of the Jews, came and took away the body of our Lord to remind us that all too often we are secret disciples too. We also remove the processional cross from its place in our worship.
to continue at verse 21. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him. And stand in awe of him, all you offspring of Israel. Jesus' offered body and his shed blood have been given to us in, with, and under the form of bread and wine in this holy mystery. As he was removed from us in the grave, so we remove the elements and the vessels of this sacrament. Continue at verse 25. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will perform before those who fear me. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before you. 
altar is in the form of a table. It is here where our Lord Jesus serves us as both host and meal at his banquet feast. The coverings and pyramids are made of fine linen and brocade, materials appropriate for feasting with our king. As our king's body was stripped in crucifixion, so our altar is stripped of its covering as well as the pastor of his soul. Continue at verse 29. While the prosperous of the earth eat and worship, before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, even the one who could not keep himself alive. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to all people yet unborn, that he has done it. We sing hymn 544. Oh, love, how deep.
Please rise.